0: everyone. Welcome to another episode of the ATP podcast. For those who don't know me, I'm Bronwyn and today we have a very special guest with us. Our guest is a nutritional therapist and naturopath with her own clinic based in Dublin. Ashling is one of the first voices I discovered in my investigation of Irish health and wellness so I'm thrilled to speak with her today on female health and well-being. Welcome Ashling. please tell our audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me on. I always love coming on, chatting, All things hormones, my favorite topic. And yeah, so I am based in Port Marnock in County Dublin and I have my own clinic. I'm a naturopath, I'm a herbalist. Well, I'm a herbalist in training, sorry to say, I need to get used to saying that. (laughs) I'm a naturopath, I'm a nutritionist and I'm a herbalist in training. And um, I own my clinic with my mum as well. So the two of us together kind of see every different complaint from kind of every different walk of life. And it's only the last couple of years, I've kind of more interested gotten into female hormones myself. And then also seeing what a need there is in Ireland, in the world, I would say, just kind of like spreading information. So that's kind of my goal now, just to kind of help reach as many people as I can, because only certain people I can see myself in the clinic. <laughs> so that's the beauty of social media, that we can kind of reach more people.
0: Exactly. And I think you've got such a good point in that people the the information about female health and wellness specifically is so up and coming it's all of a sudden this massive door has opened and so it is great that you have become such a voice for that in particular i find that is something that we can rely on (laughs) very helpful um so just tell us a little bit about um hormonal balance what does that mean for women
1: I think there's a big focus on hormonal imbalance. So like we've all had the sore boobs, we've had the cramps, we've had the anxiety, we've had the low mood around your period and, you know, heavy periods, painful periods, a lot of stuff, you know, people see their period as a bad thing, Oh, you know, a monthly cycle. That's an imbalance. Whereas when our hormones are balanced, you know, the first half of your month, your energy is amazing. Your sex drive is really good. Your, your motivation, your vitality, you're stronger in the gym, you know, your blood sugars are good. And that second half of the month when kind of your periods coming up, when your hormones are balanced, again, you're quite calm. You're really good. I say like multitasking. You know, your sleep should be good. Your mood should be good. So we I think as women, we don't realize what we can feel like. It's always focused on the bad, the hormone imbalance, whereas this is what I try and get across to people that you should be balanced. Your hormones are there to support your system. They're not bad things. And I think sometimes people get lost in that.
0: Yes, absolutely. We have such a, we have such a negative energy towards our hormones, particularly at the end of a cycle, because we know that that new cycle is starting. And that's just, it's, it's become such a, such a not fun process um, Mm -hmm. to go through. So we're having, I think we do definitely have a hard time seeing the new cycle as like an opportunity to be more balanced and, and be just a little more comfortable in understanding what that means in our bodies
1: definitely 100% like I say to clients your period is like your monthly report card so it tells you like how good or how bad you've been that month and if you did have bad period like bad cramps if you're you know suffering anxiety with week before your period if it's very short or very heavy there's a reason why it's not random there has to be a reason why so it's by taking a step back and looking at all the factors so you can improve it next month so that's what I do see a period as like like fresh start like okay what can I do better this month that I didn't do last month
0: that's a nice way to look at it a fresh start it's Because it is truly because because that week that or, you know, typically that week menstruation is the start of a new cycle. It doesn't come towards the end of a cycle. It's actually the start, which is something that also gets confusing for people. Mm -hmm. Um, So on on that note, what are some telltale signs of hormonal imbalance in us? I know you were mentioning heavy period, discomfort, you know, sore boobs, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What other things are people kind of letting slip under the radar?
1: Um, yeah, so I guess low mood, the kind of PMT symptoms, PMT stands for pre-mental tension and it's just this massive umbrella term, it covers everything from acne before you get your period, to sore boobs, to cramps, to sugar cravings, to low mood, to sleepless nights, it's kind of just that maybe 10 days before the symptoms that you would get. Other signs then of a hormonal imbalance is irregular cycles, so like if you're someone only getting a period every six weeks or you know maybe every 20 days it's coming a little bit early, um, That is really, really key because the reason we get a period, I always say, is like that, that, that's kind of like the full stop at the end of the sentence. The big thing here is ovulation. And if you're having irregular cycles, it means your body doesn't feel that it's able to ovulate every two weeks. And the reason we ovulate is to get pregnant. Like this is what our body's job is. Now, obviously, actually, maybe people don't know who's listened to this already. The real reason we do ovulate is to make our own hormones. So you're not ovulating, you're not making your own hormones. That's kind of, and that's why you'll feel so off if your periods are irregular but ovulation is one of the vital signs for health for women I would say and if you're not ovulating there has to be a reason why
0: yeah so because obviously I mean so say for myself I'm 28 I am am planning on having a family with my partner down the line but should I should someone like me be concerned about ovulation now or is that something that I can just kind of be more concerned about when we're ready to
1: start trying to have a family so this is this is the problem that people think ovulation is just for making babies it's not while yes it's our body's main function like that's why we do ovulate is to get pregnant it's so much more than that it controls your appetite your sex drive your mood your energy levels how strong you are like it's so much more than just making um making babies so for you now let's say you did a regular cycle you might not realize it but this could actually be affecting your life without realizing it in that way that you know the the ovulation i think is really really important even whether you're you're 30 and you want to start having a family or whether you're 15 and just got your first period it's really really important
0: yeah okay so that's something that we definitely that we need to pay attention to kind of no matter what is the fact you know because like you're saying it's back to that whole health report card for like Mm -hmm. you know for actually that's a really great term um But just understanding that 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 cycle needs to be regular because it doesn't just play into family planning. It plays into Mm -hmm. a lot of other aspects of our lives. Are there any other aspects of our life that we might find we have improvements in aside from family planning? (laughs) Um, Are there other aspects in our lives that we might find improvements in if we pay a little more attention to our hormonal health?
1: Well, I think let me let me explain how your hormones work the two halves of your cycle and when I explain this then that might kind of make it a bit more kind of give them more clarity for people listening mm-hmm. so like day one you get your period I say everyone's a bit knackered on day one completely normal <laughs> because all your hormones drop okay and when your hormones drop that causes that uterine lining to shed so generally most of my listening after you kind of get over day one your mood definitely starts to improve it's kind of the, the, the day before day one you're completely flat you're crying at like random ads on the tv you just feel a bit emotional <laughs> yeah, crying but, once, of ice cream yeah ice. but once you get over that day one your mood kicks in and that's because oestrogen which is our first hormone kicks in that first half of your cycle and let's say for argument's sake like you have a regular 28-day cycle here so the first two weeks is oestrogen and your Eastern, I would say, it's your get up and go hormone. So it's your energy, your sex drive, your mood. You'll be stronger in the gym these few weeks. Your, your your blood sugars are more balanced. So like you're actually less hangry, I would say, during the day. And mm-hmm. um, if you're going to sprinkle in your wardrobes, I guarantee it's those two weeks of your cycle. When you kind of have more bit pep in your step, okay? Then you ovulate. And then once you ovulate, you make a hormone called progesterone. And progesterone is like I call like your mother-nating hormone when we have enough you basically have your shit together, I can say, like, you know, you're multitasking, you know, things are so busy, but you're just on top of things. It's really, really calming. It's a natural painkiller. So progesterone helps with things like period cramps. It also pins your uterine lining, so it makes your period lighter as well. So let's just look at those two factors for a second. Like if we didn't have your Eastern progesterone, how many things will be affected you know if you're lacking in progesterone sort towards the second half of your cycle you can have low mood you can have low energy you can have heavy periods you can have cramps so yeah you're that there that them them things together obviously shows how much it impacts your literally every single day of your life
0: Mm -hmm. okay so that hormonal you know we have that high of the first two weeks because all of our hormones are in a really happy place and then once we ovulate they do kind of start to Dropped down a little bit, and then by the end of it, everything is just dropped, and we're crying in our ice cream and looking at every ad on the TV and just thinking it is a soap opera. Okay, I see. That. Um, so if you know all of that taken into account, if someone feels like I don't, I'm not in the best state of hormonal health, or wow like you know, she's saying painful periods mean that something might be a little off. That sounds like me. How can nutrition alone improve that? Like, instead of thinking, well, I'll go to the doctor and just get prescription painkillers for my cramps or something like that. Are there things that we can be doing from a nutritional standpoint to help improve, improve that kind of thing, that kind of pain and just ugh feeling?
1: yeah of course like i see obviously so many clients for this and my consultation is an hour long so <laughs> you know and we talk about nutrition for most of it so obviously there's a lot of things you can do mm-hmm. first off people understand so i i, I kind of mentioned there the eastern the first half of the cycle the progesterone the second half of the cycle and the goal is those two things should be balanced mm-hmm. now it's lack of progesterone in that second half of your cycle that causes pmt mm-hmm. and this is the same whether you're 13 and you just got your first period or you're 47 and you're about to hit menopause it's always lack of progesterone now, progesterone can be low, first of all, due to stress. And what happens is our body will just steal progesterone in order to make stress hormones. So you know, lifestyle is so important, this side of things, your sleep, your exercise, blood sugar control, like how many times a day do people get hangry, I would say to clients. And if you're getting hangry, what happened there is you're releasing stress hormones. Your body is in panic mode. So that in itself, you could have a really, really busy job and you're actually adding kind of extra anxiety to the body by just not eating regular meals. So. From kind of like nutritional habits, that's something that we would look at. Okay. Then there's certain supplements and certain foods you can have to help, you know, help with stress. So things, for example, like your carbs are so important for stress. We've all been, you know, low carb diet where you're so hungry as well. You know, your oh body just God. not do well in low carbs. And um, so first of all, we look at the progesterone side. So lack of progesterone from stress. Another reason why progesterone might be low is that estrogen is too high and that's that first half of the cycle. So your body makes a certain amount of estrogen to ovulate, but estrogen comes from a lot of food and it comes from our environment. Okay. So we look at the foods it might come from, which is maybe excess cow's milk, dairy is the first thing I would look with clients. Um, Poor quality animal protein, like if you're buying meat that isn't kind of Irish meat and it may have hormones in it. And um, then we're looking at things like what your gut health is like. So you know, Eastern might be high from, like I said, your environment, your foods, but the way our body gets rid of Eastern is we put it out. So if someone's suffering constipation and I guarantee anyone listening who has heavy periods, I almost, you know, guarantee they have, they have digestive issues. Um, so good health is massive. So as you know, people know, you look at things like fiber, you look at maybe food intolerances. So it's such, it is a broad question in terms of what we can do nutritionally, but if people understood the 2 saf cycle, it would make it easier to kind of understand it.
0: Okay. So you mentioned something about our nutritional habits. Yes. I would love to hear a few suggestions on nutritional habits for our clients. Cause I feel like, like you said, when you've got a high stress job, I know that the last year of our lives has just been so interesting. We've been working from home. We've, you know, some of our clients have been homeschooling from home and working from home. Like what are some nutritional habits that would be say your top that people look at first to maybe help you know just help them feel a little more more healthy a little mm-hmm. more confident
1: I think number one is the blood sugar balancing so like eat little and often don't let yourself get too hungry now some people like intermittent fasting they don't they don't want to eat until two o'clock in the afternoon that's fine for them but I think most people I see especially work from home with my own people are disaster because they don't have your pal being like you know are we going for lunch at 11 o'clock like you're 12 and you're kind of you're waiting until you're starving before you eat because your kitchen's just right there i do it myself when i'm working from home as well so number one eat little and often try not your blood sugars drop too much during the day because when they drop you get so hungry. you come into the kitchen and you're you're making lunch eating a biscuit <laughs> and then you're finished like i don't even want that why do you eat that so it, it's very hard to make rational decisions when blood sugars drop mm-hmm. then more importantly the blood sugar dropping or equally as important is um, protein with your meals now this does not mean 2.2 grams per kilogram body weight like this isn't protein we want to hit for you know a bikini competition i think people have kind of lost the value of protein at the moment with, with kind of the rise of fitness industry protein is just this muscle building thing you know yeah. but Protein helps control those blood sugar levels. So the best analogy I can get, and everyone will understand this now, you have to plan all your meals, like Irish mummies plan dinners, okay? Mm. So Irish mummies, mum, wants to dinner. I have ch- chicken tonight, we have a bit of salmon, we're doing steak, we're doing bolognese. Your mum would never give you just potatoes on its own with nothing else, okay? Right. And yet people have cereal in the morning and cereal in the morning is just a carb. It's just like eating your bowl of potatoes. That's yeah?
0: a beautiful comparison. Mm-hmm.
1: even i hate the phrase trying to be good i'm literally an inverted comma saying this but when people are trying to be good typical diet i would see porridge and fruit in the morning mid-morning snack is an apple lunchtime is homemade vegetable soup but lovely brown bread and even though that diet is quite high in nutrition There is no protein there and your blood sugars drop all day. So again, porridge and berries is like me giving you carrots and potatoes for dinner with nothing else with it. Your Irish mammy would not be happy with that. not be impressed. (laughs) Exactly. So I get my clients kind of...
0: My English mum would be the same. She would not be impressed with that.
1: Exactly. So we all know, think about how our grannies used to like, you know, cook dinners. So I kind of get my clients to think about that analogy when they're planning all of their meals. Protein should be key. It should be the center of the meal. So yeah, eat little and often, protein with all your meals. And the last thing, it's such a boring answer, but it's very important, is eat a variety of different fruit and veg. So like every color I would say to clients is feeding like say like a different level of gut bacteria. And it's your gut that's the most important thing in your whole system. It's not just for digestion, it's for your immune health, it's for your mood, and then we have digestion too. So gut, gut health gets a little bit overlooked sometimes. If people aren't suffering with bloating, they think their gut is okay, mm-hmm. but they could be having other symptoms like frequent sore throats, and that would also be linked to a gut health. So your fruit and veg, loads of different colours, as much as you can. Your blood sugar balancing, or your protein at your meals, and you're eating often.
0: Yeah, that's um, it's interesting to hear that the gut is related to that because again, if You know, if somebody's backed up or if somebody is um, a bit too frequent, you know, they're like, oh, that's just that's a gut issue. But yeah, thinking about things like your sore throats or, Mm -hmm. you know, aches and pains, frequent fatigue, like that could all be gut related as well. And the fact that that plays into female hormonal health, especially, is just so important. Our bodies are truly complex. It's insane. Yeah, (laughs) it's just crazy. So (laughs) eat little and often. And that's kind of that goes throughout our whole cycle that's not just the first half that is to support all of it Mm -hmm. um how would training you know like if if a mom or someone in their early 30s really prides themselves on being active five to six days a week hit workouts strength training as much as they can and then you know they're just constantly feeling on their day off they're feeling constantly run down is that a sign that maybe they should change their training schedule? Is there an optimal frame of physical training that you feel is optimal for female hormones? Or do you feel it kind of depends on
1: the person? Everything always depends on the person. You can never just have one umbrella term for every woman. Like, you know, a girl in their 20s who has no commitments, you know, just working in River Island, you know, a few couple hours a week is very different to like a mom who works full time with three kids and is trying to do work it in the morning. So, you know, everything is quite individual based. What I try and kind of teach clients as well is I'm like, really start to listen to your body. So obviously, you know, like rest days are so important, but even more so than that, like some exercise, it does really stress and I kind of already mentioned earlier that stress will use up our progesterone. Mm-hmm. And if you're going for a run, are you going for a run or are you running from a bear? <laughs> it's the same stress response that kicks in. So there's a difference, and I think I've learned this myself over the last year of lockdown. Like I see someone who be now because I use the gym to kind of de-stress, which I feel like most of us do. So I'd be coming, you know, home from work on a Thursday evening at seven and change in the gym and i'd be knackered but i'd be like no it's gonna make me feel better and it would make me feel better when i did it but then long term i think i was actually getting more fatigued from that mm-hmm. so it's a very fine line i think between pushing yourself and be like right after you're being lazy get up and go for that run or actually being like Do you know what you've actually had a mad day you need to go home and relax that like a run again seven o'clock in the evening is very different to you getting up on a saturday morning after lie on and having a nice breakfast and maybe two o'clock in the afternoon go for a nice run and come home and chilling afterwards so I think it's really important to listen to your body that exercise is important but it'd be just as beneficial sometimes as doing you know a yoga session at home or going for a nice walk with your podcast or it doesn't always have to be this really hit intense sweaty session I think we're all we're all a little bit addicted to at the moment yes yeah I say because Again, we've
0: been inside, we've been in our homes for the past year, so it's like we have, we feel like we have all this extra pent up energy that we need to get (laughs) out, but really and truly that might not be the case. Um, So for instance, again, myself, towards the end of my cycle, like you described, I feel a little bit knackered, like emotions run high, energy runs a little bit lower. Sometimes previously, I would find myself just saying, okay, right, Bronwyn, get your act together, go get your workout in or go get your boot camp in. You'll feel better afterwards. Like you were kind of mentioning mm-hmm. yourself. And now I find that I am gravitating towards the gentler exercises, the walking, the yoga and mm-hmm. stuff. Is there anything like, and you know, there's obviously, there's nothing against that necessarily, but is there, you know, should, when would, be a good time to be like, okay, Bronwyn, you can push yourself a little bit, you can get through that boot camp, it's okay. And when would be the time that you would say, you know what, no listen to your body, go for that nice little stroll and mm-hmm. enjoy it?
1: Exactly what you're saying there. So, before you ovulate, so kind of once you finish your period, or even like day three or four year period, your energy does improve and if you're even strength training in the gym you're actually stronger that first half of your cycle it's how amazing our body is and then you know towards the second half um, that switches off and something like that yoga pilates going for walks is much more beneficial that our mental cycle is fascinating like i even think the main that we know is just the tip of the iceberg i do think it's there to actually influence how we live our lives and you know our sleep and our relaxation that like you know I think we actually will be designed to kind of do that really intense session those first two weeks and then completely relax those second two weeks because those second two weeks your progesterone and maintaining enough progesterone again is so important like if anyone ever suffers with spotting before they get their period or short cycles especially anything less than day 24 would be considered a short cycle Mm -hmm. that can be lack of progesterone so when I think we're describing to my clients and like the first two week imagine you like filling up a water balloon that's your period growing and then you have to hold that water balloon with two hands make sure it doesn't burst too soon and those two hands are your progesterone and if i take one hand away because i've been doing a lot of hit workouts because i'm not blood sugar balancing because my sleep hasn't been good because i'm really stressed in work now you only have one hand holding your progesterone or holding that water balloon and your period comes too early it bursts too quickly okay so It's very important that we understand that and we don't overdo it. So, if you did a yoga session, then you're actually lowering cortisol levels, or going for a walk lowers cortisol levels, which means you're kind of adding to those two hands, you know, increasing your progesterone. So, again, it just depends on the person, though, as well. I think everyone is quite individual based when it comes to these things. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, if anything, like training does play an important role in hormonal balance but obviously at the same time it it can have like a good role and it can also have a role that might aggravate it a little bit so just taking it is beneficial to take the time to listen to ourselves and just take a moment and say okay is this what I, is this what my body wants to do right now or exactly maybe i'll just sit here and do a meditation instead yeah and i'm
1: like am i being lazy or do i need actually <laughs> that's right, what i kind of right. say it, you know what i mean i can reflect back on my last few days and i'm like have i had a, am i really tired or do I just want to say bed and scroll Instagram? Like, do you know what I mean? That I try to do my workouts in the morning now. So it's, it's just kind of checking in with yourself. I mean, like, okay, what's actually going on here? Like, mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? Just, and I mean, if you're honest with yourself, you can look back and say, no, you're actually being lazy. You haven't done anything in four days. Like, you know what I mean? Get up and go. Yeah, get up, um, go <laughs> yeah exactly. It's just kind of, yeah. Kind of being in more tune with your body, I would say.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. So being in tune with your body involves paying paying attention to those cyclical changes outside of family planning um improving digestion circling back a second to our good friend the gut microbiome how can improving digestion help us keep a more optimal hormonal balance
1: your gut like i mentioned earlier is is the key to everything this is how your body breaks down hormones and it's like how often you poo how good your liver is now i'm not talking about like you know, superfoods detox the liver, like I think that gets thrown away a lot. Your liver is obviously detoxing 24-7. I feel like we need to make this clear. And if you do a juice cleanse in January, you know, your liver doesn't pause now until the next juice, juice cleanse next January. You know what I mean? But there is certain things that we can do, I would say to clients, to reduce your toxic load. So look at your environment. A massive thing at the moment is things like cosmetics and plastics. So you know, reusing um, the same plastic bottle every day, reheating heating up your Tupperware in the microwave, you know, heating up your plastic, cooking with plastic utensils, then things like your, um, your fake tans and your body butters and your candles and your perfumes and your, all these things basically, but they are their hormone disruptors. So it's like, as if what I say to people is, the more of these things you have in your body or in your life, the the less kind of focus your body is on breaking down your hormones. These will always get priority. What can happen to some of these things especially your plastics they're called xenoestians so they come into the body and they mimic our own eastern now they don't increase your sex drive and make you really strong <laughs> when we have too much eastern in the body that's what really causes things like heavy periods specifically your sore boobs those things are kind of excess eastern so all of a sudden then people might have very heavy periods and it's from lifestyle basically then as well so it's important to kind of look at those when we're supporting gut health Um and yet yeah, making sure detoxification pathways are working. So like I use a lot of herbal medicine here and we look at foods then as well.
0: So xenoestrogens, like you said, they come in and they mimic oestrogen, but they don't give us that increased sex drive and increased strength. What are they doing in our bodies?
1: They're basically, what like we said, they, they actually mimic our oestrogen. So they they act like our own hormone and they pick in the uterine lining and they reduce then progesterone because there's too much oestrogen there. So it's just an oestrogen mimicker. Um, the most important way to break these down is making sure that our, our, our probiotics are our healthy gut bacteria is there to kind of ice I call them like a bomb in the body. So your gut health has to deactivate the bomb mm-hmm. and then then we have to get rid of that bomb as quickly as possible. So you need to have to poo it out. Yeah. So things like your liver, like you know, I use a lot of leafy green vegetables here, which is really important for kind of like deactivating the bomb. You know, you get your probiotics in, like I mentioned earlier, your brightly coloured fruit and veg, and then focusing on constipation. I know I keep going back to this, but a lot of people don't realize they're constipated because they've always been constipated um, and yeah. they're like, yeah, I go to it every second of third day. They won't take constipation on my consultation. I'm like, oh, that's constipation. They're like, oh, no, I've, that's, I'm always like that. That's just my digestion. Do you know what I mean? Or people might go every day, but I call it like poo. It's actually like pellets. So it should be this like fully formed like snake like you know poo yeah. that you don't even have to wipe and I'm now going to into a graphic detail here but this is what I would do with clients honestly, and we need to yeah. know when you talk and about our all
0: thinking about it honestly yeah we're all thinking about it yeah
1: <laughs> so focusing on digestion is is quite important then making sure you're getting rid of those those excess ye as much as we can yeah so it's not just
0: digestion from it's not just digestion from a gut microbiome perspective it's from a liver perspective as well and like Mm -hmm. you said it's not like your liver only detoxes when you do your juice cleanse it's your liver was put in your body for detoxification so Mm -hmm. supporting that are there specific things that you recommend to support your liver aside from the leafy green veg and reducing your environmental toxic
1: load um, other foods, so like you can use some herbs, like dandelion root is a nice herb that's kind of safer than milk thistle. Milk thistle is an amazing herb that we would use a lot with clients, but you can't take milk, milk thistle if you're on medication, yeah. so we're quite careful with kind of who we would give that to. Um, mostly, I have to say, mostly for me, it is herbal medicine because I'm so lucky to have our herbal medicine clinic. I think I said that like my mum is a herbalist, so she's in practice 30 years before I got I even started, so I'm, I'm so lucky to have her experience there. Like, I do find with hormonal issues you need to do both things together sometimes diet's not enough on its own when people are kind of so far gone you know though it's it's, and that's just me being kind of honest that you could be eating all the leafy greens in the world but like if you've had 10 years of being on contraceptives and taking on a medication and you're drinking every weekend and your diet's not great like you know leafy greens might not save you on its own
0: it needs a little more help than just that
1: yeah yeah
0: so you mentioned contraceptives and you you cover contraception in detail on your Instagram specifically from what I have seen Mm -hmm. um what tips or advice can you give around choosing a contraceptive if that's an option that people want to use
1: know all your options number one I have a highlight saved on my Instagram on birth control and Mm -hmm. it's teaching me sitting down and going this is what how this works this is the pros this is the cons and I let people make their own decision that I know years ago, like, God, I was 18, 19 at the time going on the pill. And I didn't know what it did. I just knew, okay, I'm going to take it every day. I'm not going to get pregnant. Amazing. But the doctor never sat me down and goes, right, so this is a contraceptive pill. The way it works, it stops you ovulating. So you're not going to release an egg every month, which means you actually don't make any estrogen or any progesterone. So how, like, we've literally spent half the podcast so far talking about the importance of our hormones. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden they get switched off, which means then your sex drive might decrease and um, for girls and this is something it's not talked about and um, you know the pill can affect and increase um vaginal dryness mm-hmm. so like i have girls in their 20s who are freaked because they can't have sex with their boyfriends because they can't get wet like it's not right. just and they think there's something wrong with them and i'm like oh it's contraceptive and they come off and they're fine so it's such to make that point because i know definitely there's so many people going oh my god i never thought it was going to be this so about good health, affect anxiety, affect your mood. So I think when looking for a contraceptive, find out how it works, does it switch off ovulation like most hormonal contraceptives would? Mm-hmm. Or would you prefer to go down the route of something like the copper coil? And the copper coil works by, I always say like, there's a copper rod in your cervix, you are not going to get pregnant your body's face, yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> you know in it? the way. Yeah. yeah, or you know, the way it really works though is it impairs sperm, like sperm can't get very far when it's, again, copper rod. So with the, the copper coil, you do actually still ovulate, you still get a period every single month. Then you things like the coils, so like the Marina coil and the Kalina coil are two other options, now they are hormonal. And what will generally happen is your ovulation will actually switch off at the start because your body again is freaked. It's just getting used to it. Mm -hmm. And then normally ovulation kicks back in after about a year or so, maybe sometimes sooner for some people. But the biggest thing I see with the Marina coil and the Kalina coil is affecting your mood. Mm -hmm. So you have to just kind of weigh up all the options and see what the best for you, and understand how it works and what the side effects are. And then being okay with those side effects. If it does happen.
0: Yeah. I think that's a big, that is a big um, consideration to have when you're choosing a a contraceptive method is like, it, it doesn't, it's not all happy go lucky. Sometimes you do have to deal with things like your mood changing or, or weight changes or stuff like that. Like, not everything comes with just a clear ticket of yep you'll barely notice it's there it's like no some things are affected because again it is kind of it is tampering for lack of a better word it is kind of tampering with a very natural a natural part of being a female
1: tampering is the perfect bit of ending i would even go more extreme it's completely switching off your own hormones Mm -hmm. completely switching them off so you have to be okay with that and i think it's the reason I get so passionate about it, I'm like, imagine turning around to a man and being like, you need to take this pill every day. And you can't forget, you have to take it the same time every day, right? Yeah. Otherwise, we're gonna get pregnant. Also, it might affect your sex drive. Also, um, it might actually make you put on a little bit of weight, like water retention. And um, it might make you a little bit anxious. Um, you might feel a little bit flat in it. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, cool, go ahead. Yeah. yeah and you exactly. have to get, oh, also, if you have any family history or blood pressure issues, it'll also put up your um, increased risk of clots. Okay, yes. cool, go ahead. Exactly. They would never take it. There's a reason why there hasn't been a male contraceptive. For some reason we're like, Yeah, okay, cool. Like and I I just think it's so wrong that, you know, young girls are put on these contracts from such an early age. And I actually I did a poll a few weeks ago on Sex Drive on my Instagram, I haven't even shared the results of last few weeks. And I think like I asked did, did your libido change when you went on the pill? And eighty percent of women said yes. Yep. And then I asked did it get better or did it get it worse? And ninety percent of women said worse. So like I say to clients, everyone has on the pill and nobody's having sex. So it's like it's like an extra contraceptive, and it's yeah, problem. like at this point, what is the point?
0: No, yeah, it's um, yeah, you have to take it at the same time every day, and yeah, it's just it is such a it is so complex, but it is it is tampering with the big, with yeah. the big aspect of our body, and like and especially with the weight gain too. I feel like when I was younger. Contraceptive was just prescribed as, oh, you, you're a bit irregular right now. I think mm-hmm. I was 15 or 16. You're a bit irregular. Let's just put you on the pill. That threw me for a loop for like four years. Okay. And I spent like four years trying to get over it, obviously coming off that form of birth control. And I was like, this is such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and it was definitely something that I wasn't aware of. I wish that, I hope that, you know, your gps and stuff are are better about explaining side effects and changes like that to people instead of just saying take here's your prescription go to the chemist and get it and good luck
1: and even what you said there like even to say take this and it'll regulate your cycle i have clients come to me and number one people don't realize the pill isn't a real period it's just a pill bleed it's a withdrawal bleed from stopping the pill it doesn't you know the reason we get a period normally is because we've ovulated and we haven't got pregnant this is completely different the pill bleed isn't the same thing so um i was gonna say this and oh yeah no i was gonna say <laughs> my clients come to me say like you in 28 29 and they're like okay i want to get pregnant and they, they write in the sheet, yeah i used to have a regular periods when i was a teenager and then the pill fixed it and i'm like no you used to have regular periods and now you haven't ovulated in 10 years mm-hmm. so you actually don't know so the phrasing i kind of hear with the pill the pill will fix your PCOS, the pill will regulate your cycles the pill will get rid of your acne i'm like no the pill will help manage these symptoms until you look into it in more detail and figure out why they're actually imbalanced to begin with. right
0: it's a band-aid
1: it's mm-hmm, completely
0: take the time to address the root cause yeah
1: and that's the worst part is that people aren't made aware of that being they should sign a contract or sign thing at the end saying xyz you understand this is just a temporary fix and you will need to address these chances are most people anyway and um, when you come off the pill in x amount of time or you know the, the women really understand it yeah
0: yeah exactly um so switching gears people take a contraceptive until they're ready to have kids and then eventually we get to this magical point in time where things start to shift things start to change and we're starting to be like what is happening and it is perimenopause now I know that you said that you cover you cover health up to menopause because then your mom you're in Mm -hmm. partnership with your mom's clinic and your mom is like the menopause guru is there you know The journey from menstruation to menopause, do you see any of that or is that something that you say, right, you're going to go to this person, you know, refer off to your mom and then let your mom speak more on menopause?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Like I would see clients anywhere from 15 to 50. Like generally we do, I just gonna say that my mom is so much experience. And as we were mentioning before the podcast, like I think it's so important to, to relate to your clients. I think that if you can really empathize with people, they'll relate with you and they'll take, take on board what you're talking about. So I can't relate to a woman going through menopause, you know, worrying about her, her kids and her husband and having all this emotional stress. And yeah. you know what I mean? So I think that's that's why I do refer on to my mom because she has gone through that and she's so much experience the biggest shift kind of between um kind of menopause and perimenopause and kind of pmt i mentioned a lot there about progesterone and it's a lack of progesterone that causes all these issues and that kind of thing what happens actually when you get towards menopause is your eastern drops and it's the eastern then as well that can cause things like the hot flushes dryness everywhere like dry skin dry health vagina changes all that kind of stuff and i really find herbal medicine absolutely amazing for menopause and that's why i kind of refer on to my mum as well that like I'm now, like I said, trying to be herbalist. And I always, I was brought up a herbal medicine. So I said to clients, like my friends, is like, you'd be grand, you have not just study for that exam. And I'm like, it's like knowing how to drive and doing your driving test. They're two completely different things. So yeah. I know how to make up herbs. I know what they're for. When I'm writing an exam, I don't know them, you know, this way, right. but now I'm learning herbal medicine. And some of the herbs, like those herbs that actually help increase Eastern naturally or help balance the symptoms. Like for example, like sage for like hot flushes or like black cow is another one for, for hormones, for menopause. And when you look at the structure and how they work in the body, you have to believe that this is why these herbs are on this earth for women to help us. So I think herbal medicine is lost a lot in Ireland as well, that like, you know, it's it's around for thousands of years for a reason. So hopefully people get back to basics there as well and kind of look at other alternatives. They don't have to go on HRT. They can look at other alternatives that are given to us for a reason is what I would kind of say.
0: It's interesting you mentioned HRT as well, because I, I know someone who is going through HRT after a procedure that she had and um, she's still she's been on HRT for a few months now and she's still she's like it's just I just don't feel right I don't feel Mm -hmm. right at all and you know it made me kind of wonder if herbal medicine or referring on to a a nutritional therapist or a naturopath like yourself would be beneficial for her
1: yeah definitely definitely like i get, get her in touch with my mom <laughs> my mom's going cell breath of life as well for anyone listening and think about their moms mm-hmm. um definitely go to get in touch there's so much and and the way the herbs works like I mentioned sage and black cohosh we stock 300 herbs in our clinic and they're all for different things so we actually make up personalized tonics. so like that lady that you're talking about I'm sure she's had emotional stress She's just gone through a procedure maybe her immune system's not great maybe her gut health is you know in need of a bit of TLC so you know for her we would probably make her a tonic made with 30 different herbs all personalized for her so we rarely make up the same tonic twice. Like, and my clients who listened to this would know this as well. That like everything is completely personalized, and it's a, a whole holistic. It's a whole blend. We would never just give one thing for hormones because that's not. That's a very magical approach. Saying you're low in estrogen, take this to increase estrogen. You have to look at everything. Yeah, you know? and
0: I think too, like with my own studies, I'm realizing like, oh, this, you you need to take, you know, NSAIDs, NASA mm-hmm. and NSAIDs or however. How yeah. are you saying that acronym? But you know, and then you're like, okay, well you know, you're taking one thing for one thing, but then you realize you've got to take 12 other things to combat mm-hmm. whatever that one thing is changing. And then yeah. you've got this whole medicine cabinet and you're like, what, what do I even start with? Yeah. So, and it seems like herbs are really interesting because it seems like you can create, like you said, you can create one tonic to cover a lot of different stuff. Yeah. It might be several tonics <laughs> down the line, but um, you can take something, you know, you can combine lots of herbs to support a lot of different things within your body. Yeah, 100%. Um, And so you're a herbalist in training, your mom, you you take a lot of inspiration from your mom and growing up in this kind of functional, holistic medicine type environment. When, like, what are some red flags that you would say to someone, you need to get help from a professional? Like, you know, it's going to be one thing where people are listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, yeah, like, okay, so Ashling said to to manage my stress and to eat loads of green veg and make sure I'm pooping every day and making sure that my poop is this shape and not that shape. What are some red flags that people should say, oh, I'm experiencing this. I should reach out to a professional for help.
1: Um, Extreme pain, like pain is common, mm-hmm. but it's not normal. So earlier on, I briefly mentioned that progesterone is a natural painkiller. So it's normal to have cramps because that's where body gets rid of our period. It contracts that uterine lining and we get a period you shouldn't be painkillers you shouldn't be in bed for the day you certainly shouldn't have pain the whole month like I would see some clients and they're getting pain around ovulation and then they get cramps you know the week before their period and they've really heavy periods and they're really painful for three days that could be something like endometriosis so that definitely needs to be looked into Um, I also would think if someone has no cycle one thing that absolutely drives me insane is when people have no period they go and get bloods done and they're told oh everything is normal this is not correct and never, ever take that as an accepting kind of a reason, because if you're not getting a period, there has to be a reason. It's not random. There has to be a reason. Yeah. What I say to clients, either the wrong things were checked or else your GP is not familiar with the optimal levels for hormone health. But there has to be a reason why. I'm actually going to put up a blood testing chart this week um just to kind of give people an idea of what they need to look for so they can go onto my instagram after i'm sure it will be alive by the time this comes out yeah. so yeah loss of period again your 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 period is one of the basic markers for health and if you're not getting a period there has to be a reason i would never ever ignore that that's the most basic thing so pain and a lack of period or lack of cycles. so they make two big red flags i would see
0: yeah and would that be so i know you mentioned like you know if you go to your gp and they might not fully understand what the optimal levels for hormonal health are, would you say always go to the GP first or would you say to maybe skip that step and look for a naturopath, nutritional therapist, holistic health practitioner?
1: So for regular cycles, I I tell they have to go get bloods done because it's too many variables. That like you're looking, some they've no period. It could be due to PCOS, which is too much testosterone. It could be to high prolactin. It could be to hypothalamic menorrhea, It could be to low iron, low B twelve. It could be thyroid issues. So it's it's too much of a a broad kind of. Um, I said, like jigsaw puzzle, like you have to, be able to get all the pieces before you can put them back together. So I, I definitely require bloods before I see someone for irregular cycles or PCUs or anything like that, just to make sure I can double check them as well, make sure that the diagnosis was correct. Right. Um, But yeah, so, and we don't do blood testing, so you kind of have to go through your GP. I think it's important as well to link up with both, like we're not against medicine. Like my mom was actually a nurse for 20 years before she opened the clinic. Mm-hmm. so we're not real like herbal medicine don't take this don't take that like we're right. very much into it you need to boot both together medicine is amazing and i actually i feel sorry for this bit condescending but with gps like they have trained so hard to get where they are like they want to help people they're doing it the same reason they either calling their 18 in school to say, i want to do medicine yeah. they work so hard so them sitting there and giving you the pill for your heavy periods or giving you the pill for regular cycles they don't have anything else they don't know about nutrition they don't know about herbal medicines all they have in their bag of tricks so you can't really blame them i think it's the system that's wrong like realistically, they should go see your doctor and if the doctor says look this is actually hormonal balance go in next door to the nutritionist, and she'll give you herbs or how amazing would that be like an Instagram health clinic almost which is you know fingers crossed the, the future so it's like i think it is important to link up with your gp as well like i would never go against what they say and you know they can send you for extra tests or MRIs or whatever. It's, it's important to see both things together. And what can happen is then people come back to me and go, I did all the tests. I got my ultrasound. I have PCOS. The doctor said, go on the pill to fix it. Again, inverted commas. I don't want to do that. What are my options? And then we can go down this route, But at least they have the diagnosis.
0: Right, exactly. So don't don't self-diagnose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get your blood's checked first. If you, mm-hmm. if you suspect that something's up and then use that as an opportunity to link up with a nutritionist or something that can help mm-hmm. you get on a path without just saying,
1: here's a band-aid yeah, yeah. and yeah. Also, also don't use like oh you're young and healthy come back when you want to have kids like i see some girls going to the gp they haven't appeared in a year mm-hmm. and doctors like what's the problem you don't want to get pregnant why does it matter well i think it's just horrific like do they not understand again ovulation is not just for making babies it's for making your own hormones so right. it's like don't accept that either that like if you're not having a cycle make sure you go in and, and you know get to the bottom of it
0: yep so just touching on lack of cycle what are some other are there any other like body systems or anything that can be affected by having lack of cycle like I know you said hormonal health would be the first and probably the biggest thing that people would think about when they don't have a cycle is there anything else like our skin our our bones our muscles anything like that
1: Mm -hmm. definitely bone health is quite important and this is more linked to people who think of hypothalamic menorrhea I don't know if you see that as much in the gym But like hypothalamic amenorrhea is loss of cycles due to Mm -hmm. stress on the body. And stress can be in the form of emotional stress. It can be over exercising. It can be under eating, especially your carbs. It can be low body weight. And basically what happens is your body is just like saying, okay, Ash, you can barely look after yourself at the moment. There is no way I'm gonna let you get pregnant. It switches off ovulation. And the reason why this affects bone health is that estrogen, which again is that first half of your cycle is quite important for calcium absorption. So, I mean, if you've missed one or two cycles, it's not gonna make a massive difference. But someone who has this long-term lack of period that could be a long-term effect you know you could develop osteoporosis in the later years or osteopenia so that'd be quite important and then your mood again like your period is your hormones are there to affect you know influence how you see the world how who you're attracted to like you yeah. know what i mean your energy your mood your your motivation even your focus when you're in work so you know not having a period you might be feeling quite flat and not really realizing that you know it's, it's due to your cycle yeah
0: exactly and so the reverse of that You know how important is it to understand your hormones and your cycle when you're trying to lose weight? Perhaps somebody, um you know, is clinically obese or overweight. You know, falling in that BMI category of overweight, obese. What? How is understanding your hormonal health important to losing weight?
1: Again, I mean, I see some clients who weight loss, and I say, right, first thing you do is balance your hormones because you could have them on the best diet and give them, you know, best workouts. But if their progesterone drops before they get their period and they're feeling so flat and they're sh- craving sugar and their mood is low and they just feel so crampy and awful it's very difficult to keep up a healthy lifestyle change in that sense so first thing is balancing your hormones and it's like as if you're giving yourself a head start then because then you know your motivation can kill in and your willpower and that kind of stuff but if your hormones are balanced your your body's natural ability of kind of having more energy that first half of your cycle and being more calm second half of your cycle is, is, is there. And like, again, like sugar cravings and that kind of stuff is often linked with PMT. So that's, that's what, what I would look at is making sure those two things are optimal.
0: Yeah. So setting yourself up for success so that, you know, on that last half of your cycle, you're not just, enraged and overwhelmed yeah. and crying in a corner with a big old chocolate
1: bar exactly <laughs> and what some women don't realize and i get it myself like i would sometimes get quite a lot of water attention especially if i haven't yeah. looked after my month report card that month before i get my period so imagine you working really hard for three weeks being in the gym feeling great and then all of a sudden waking up and you're up on the scales even though, you know, you probably hate the scales as much as I do. Open the scales, you know, your jeans are feeling a bit tighter, your your bras digging into you and you just feel really heavy and sluggish. And you're saying, well, fuck this anyway. I've done this really well for three weeks and it hasn't worked. Give me the total ban So it's like the, the a mental side of things. So if people understood that it's really common before you get your period, it's just PMT, it's water retention, it's generally excess estrogen in the system. Again, um, if you, number one, either didn't have it or kind of understand well you know this is normal. I'm just going to leave it, drink my water, see who I am on day two of my period. And chances are, then you completely kind of deflate once you get your period. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Yeah. So understanding that it's not, you know, working hard for three weeks and then having the whole week of just screw this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. All right. That covers like, you know, that, that covers a lot. And I think basically you've just, you've done so well as speaking nonstop for well over (laughs) 40 minutes. And it's just, I think it just goes to show how, much of a complex system it is particularly in women but there are like things we can do to support it and it's not it is not as complicated as eating super specific diets or or you know super specific training regimes or anything like that it's basic things like just making sure that your stress is managed and that your quality of life is good
1: yeah definitely um the kind of thing I always say to my clients is like, this is not a 12 week transformation program. Mm -hmm. I don't take out their wine on Saturday nights. I don't take out their morning coffees. I keep in their Netflix and chill cup of tea and chocolate after work. It's a lifestyle change that I've seen so cliche. And it's like, you have to keep in the things that are good for your soul. It's not like, I don't want after pictures in 12 weeks. So. I, I'm always focused on what you should be doing, so you should be looking after your gut health. One thing I haven't really touched on are plant-based proteins, so things like your lentils, your chickpeas, your falafels, your hummus, and Irish people are notoriously bad at eating these foods, because Irish mammy dinners did not yeah. consist of chickpeas and hummus and falafels, do you know no. what I mean? So, folks on these plant-based proteins, I describe them as like sponges that come in and mop up your hormones. And then the thing that kind of gets rid of those ones are your leafy greens and then you basically put them out so it's that kind of process of making sure what you should be doing in your diet and then of course we do have supplements then as well like i kind of say supplements are probably like 10 percent of the equation like mm-hmm. some people mess me on instagram and they're like hey ash like i'm my diet's crap and i'm my sleep is really bad and i'm really stressed but like what supplement should i take and i'm like <laughs> the supplement you know
0: go to the produce section in Aldi and pick up one of everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like you kind of people, I think have to also be wary like very honest with themselves and saying like Mm -hmm. supplements are there to supplement your lifestyle and supplement your diet. So, if you are a mum of three who's up the walls and really stressed you could be happy with your life but the same stress hormones kick in whether you're flying around the house getting the kids organized your bed you know going for a run being late in traffic and it's it's good stress stress doesn't have to be emotion you know being upset good stress is still stressful i consider myself quite stressed in terms of inverted commas but it's good like i thrive on being busy so i'm very aware of always supporting my progesterone levels so for example like a b complex um would be really good to take or you take magnesium you can take things like, obviously I've mentioned herb medicine a good bit, like those three things and making sure your vitamin D levels are optimal. Like there are supplements there to help with your lifestyle and there to support you. We shouldn't need them, but we also shouldn't be absolutely in the ticks stress like most of us are all of the time. I think our lives have changed so drastically in the last 100 years. Mm-hmm that our generation do run on stress whether you like it or not so in one sense i'm like thank god we do have supplements there to, to help exactly. support exactly
0: and you, you know? you've segued into that beautifully because i was going to ask i was going to you know ask what some recommended supplements would be yeah. you know for someone who feels like they've got a good quality of life and they've got a good quality diet and stuff like that yeah what are some basic things like magnesium and your b complex are the yeah. two two things that i i definitely take myself and mm-hmm. kind of would encourage people to take as well so i'm glad that We're in agreement there.
1: There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
0: very good. Well, I mean, one last question I had just, and this is for my own curiosity. I know you mentioned that you would use the gym as a way to de-stress yourself. What are some Mm -hmm. other stress management techniques that you thrive off of?
1: Me personally? Mm Mm-hmm. So this year I've actually been so good. I actually started reading and I know it sounds crazy. And even looking back at like 2020 Ash, I was like, you actually psychopath. I never read in 2020 like novels. Cause I was like, oh, it's a waste of time. Like I could be reading nutrition books, but yeah. then I was just so overwhelmed. I felt like I was working 24 seven and I didn't read cause I was like, I don't want to get up on a Saturday morning and read about hormones when I've been working with that all week. So I love reading now. I read and like like literally like thriller novels that are just completely like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um obviously real generic going for walks um like I to be honest I'm actually a bad person to ask as much as I like promote stress sometimes like I do also have an extremely busy Monday to Friday weekends I actually do switch off I don't even go back to Instagram messages weekends even though people are probably send me questions like how do you get a message I'm like that's like we to emails weekend you know that way yeah so for me it's like exercise reading get into bed early and I do take a lot of herbs like herbal medicine that I feel like I said to my mom, I'm like, Mom, are we gonna like how do people survive without these? Like, I kind of, you know <laughs> what I mean? Literally, I just know I could function with the capacity of function out if I don't take my herbs. Because if I run out for a couple of days, I'm a bit wrecked. Which you know if it sounds mad, but i probably have to relax down the line if I want to have a baby and you know, definitely just slow down a bit. But for until then, I feel like I'm getting on okay. Other people, obviously, meditation is great and mm. your yoga, your practice to me. I just find it so slow. I just love being. Which is so ironic because I tell clients like even though it's slow, it's slow still down. beneficial. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, the same. You know, I'd be like just relax a little bit more, and you'd see you'd see me in the gym lifting heavy stuff. Oh yeah, like I'd be trying to get into any sort of downward dog.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I agree with you there. Well, Ashling, it's been it's been such a pleasure, and it's been so eye opening for myself. I really, I think like our clients, your clients, our listeners in general, are going to get so much value out of this. So thank you for taking the time to to come and speak and just speak 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 about all of the things hormonal health related I think it's really it's been really informative so yeah
1: think- thank you so much it's so nice I feel like I could chat all day about it so thank you so much yeah. for having me on it was lovely to chat with you
0: thank you and where can people find you like please tell us um your website if people are interested in your clinical practice your mom's clinical practice I yeah. know there's linked through that your Instagram all that stuff
1: so I'm AOK Nutrition on Instagram. My mom's clinic is Breath of Life and she's like old school. Like she doesn't, you know, I sort of Facebook for it and she doesn't even use that kind of thing, but she does have a good website. Yeah. Um, my clinic is my, we're booked up for like three months. My clinic's booked up for like three months, but I do have online seminars, which I literally created for this reason. So I have one called Breaking Up a Birth Control. So if anyone's listening to me like, I wanna get off the pill, I'm terrified. Like, you know, I was put it on when I was 18 for my heavy periods. This is what that's gonna that's kind of focus on. If anyone coming off the pill, Get all the tips and tricks. Breaking and then I have another one birth birth called- Control making or breaking up a birth control okay cool yeah and then I have another one called making up with your hormones for kind of more aimed at people like that off the pill and they're just hormones are all over the place want to learn more so i have two seminars and again the reason is just so i can reach more people because i just I, if only i could clone myself you know that way and, and i think that goes to show how much of an issue it is in ireland like i'm booked up now until the end of july and this is where you know like mid april yeah and um, so people are crying out for information on this so anyway you're at my instagram my mom's clinic and have a look at my my events coming up if you want to book into one of those awesome
0: well great well i can't wait for people to hear this and just again thank you so much